This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello and welcome back. I'm Nikolai Zikolko, co-director of the Mac Institute and professor of management here at Wharton. And this is Mastering Innovation on Sirius XM's business radio powered by the Wharton School. Um, now I'm thrilled to introduce my next guest, uh, Doug Straten. Uh, he's the chief digital commerce officer at Hershey. Uh, prior to joining Hershey in November uh, 2017, uh, Doug spent nearly 16 years at Unilever. Doug, thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. Nice to be here. Now, Hershey is a $7.5 billion manufacturer of chocolates, cookies, and snacks. So at first glance, one might wonder why one needs a digital strategy. And I really hope that my chocolate will not come digitally to me. I, I want to have it in my mouth. But of course, kind of the moment you start thinking about how our shopping behavior sort of has changed in the last couple of years, you know, it comes kind of obvious that all firms kind of need some kind of uh, digital strategy sort of to connect to their customers. And um, so actually, my, my colleague Christian Tervish and I have been working on this topic for quite a while. And so I might want to start our conversation around what uh, Christian and I have been calling the recognize, request, respond and repeat loop. Um, so customers have needs. Uh, sometimes they don't know actually that what their needs are. Their needs are somewhat latent. Um, so how does sort of Hershey help their customers in some sense recognize uh, what their needs are? For instance, there's no chocolate in the house and that would be actually a crisis in my household. Um, Doug, how, how do you help us uh, recognize our needs? So I think the first thing is, um, I think the loop that you're referring to, we, we have a similar uh-huh. kind of virtuous circle yeah. um, here at Hershey. We, we call it the five C's. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we put consumer at the center of the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really just about understanding what the consumer's needs are at a very basic level yeah. and then understanding their behaviors um, across what we would call the shopping journey, whether it's online or offline. Mm-hmm. And once you have the ability to identify that, then you can start to tailor, you know, how are you going to connect with those people, yep. um, whether it's through media or, um, you know, directly through email, and then um, how you engage with those folks, how are you getting them to, to possibly buy your product, and then how do you close the loop mm-hmm. by engaging with them again. Yeah. So. Um, so we call it the five C's. So mm-hmm. it's consumer at the middle. It would be connections, which would be you know traditional media, but 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 also uh, digital media as well. The content piece would be the the, the third pillar in that, which uh-huh. is you know what we talk about as being brilliant. Um, whereas the first piece, the connections piece, is around being found um, from from content, which is more around the the, the digital aspects or the digital uh, manifestation of physical pack in like a store world. Mm-hmm. The way you can yep. think about it, mm-hmm. and then the uh, what we call convert, which is the the most obvious one, which is you know how do you sell? But I think the the key difference now is uh, a few years back you would have thought of I'm going to buy something, I'm going to go to the store, mm-hmm. and that is still the predominant place where people buy. But there's at least four other big buckets of mm-hmm. fulfillment models that retailers yep. need to use uh, to enable people to be you know uh, to to get product and uh-huh. consume product. Um, We'll talk, we can talk a little bit more about why that, that convert is so important, particularly as it relates to data and algorithms. Yeah, yeah. And then the final, uh, the final piece of the five C's is what we call community, which is around um, building relationships with our consumers directly as opposed to having retail uh-huh. and media inter- intermediaries. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's, a, it's a bit like your loop, uh-huh. but, um, yeah. but uh, obviously tailored for our business needs. Absolutely. So let's uh, 
you said, you know, understanding the customer more deeply, right? Which is really kind of, you know, what what needs do they have? What would they respond to? Uh, what are you? How are you using data? Uh, in that field, and so we just had a conversation about AI, kind of, and trying to get data from uh, from customers and trying to understand sort of patterns or def- different customer segments more finely than than we could maybe without this. What what are some of the activities that that you are engaging in in, in that arena? So um, you know, Hershey, I think you know, really had from a from a consumer packaged goods perspective, really kind of had an early lead in terms of, of the use of data and data mm-hmm. science. So we have a fairly robust and, and large data scientist team mm-hmm. underpinned by um, information uh, services and a technology group that, you know, make, maintains the um, both the data storage, the health of the data, um, and then the um, the use of the data at some level, so the accessibility of the data by the broader organization. So we've been doing this for a couple years, and where we really started at that point was with the data that we had, and the data that we had was obviously the internal data, some enterprise data, some syndicated sources, and some retailer data. So mm-hmm. a lot of our work in terms of data um, and understanding the consumer was kind of coming in at a a more macro level where you couldn't really kind of get down to the deep nitty gritty of what was really driving um, the behaviors that we're seeing from a a point of sale perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what we've done in terms of that 5C strategy that I've talked to is we've Mm -hmm. we've taken a look at how we're treating data and what our focus has been on. So we will continue to do um, with data from an enterprise perspective what we need to do from um, an automation and efficiency perspective Mm -hmm. using data to get really, really you know, uh, sharp uh, in terms of how we um, run our business, but also start to apply the data and other and new sources of data to really understand the consumer better. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a huge effort underway right now in terms of really exploiting the the breadth of our interactions with our consumers, which mm-hmm. is from uh, both from websites, but also physical store locations and 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 other digital enga- and physical engagement to grabbing that data, understanding what that data really means, and then reapplying that data in a number of different ways. One would be through through insights, um, so understanding the consumers themselves. The other thing would be trend spotting. And then mm-hmm. the third thing would be using that data to more efficiently target people through media. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then also um, use that data to make sure that whatever we're serving that person from a content perspective um, is really, really relevant to that person. Mm-hmm. So understanding yep. that they like Reese versus that yep. they, versus yep. they like some other brand. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you just mentioned it uh, casually, but probably it's a really hard problem, right, kind of to keep track of a particular customer as you have multiple touch points with that customer, be this online, offline, different types of online, different types of offline. Uh, So how are you kind of – I could imagine that is not an easy problem, right, kind of to create sort of that consistency of of, uh, customer identity there. Yeah, well, it, it, it goes right back to data. Uh-huh. Um, and so what we've done is across those five C's that I that I just yeah. talked about, we've identified what I would say 27 primary KPIs, uh-huh. which are frankly just data points. Yep. And um, and those data points represent those those different areas. So whether it's connections, content, mm-hmm. conversion, or the community piece. <clears throat> So those are indicators that we're we're doing the right things, and obviously, when you collect those data points and you start um, lining them up against each other, what you can start to see is if you pull one lever in one quadrant or one pillar, what's the effect you're going to have on on some of the other quadrants or KPIs? Mm-hmm. So um, so really, it's being number one. You really need to know what you want to measure 
first and then mm -hmm. make sure that you can actually get at that data. And then um, if you can get at that data, you have to make sure that you have the, the you know, the uh, literally just the technology uh, infrastructure to make sure that you can connect those things and then uh, figure out a way to very simply convey um, what that data means. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the entire organization as opposed to just a few specialized uh, folks uh, yeah. in New York. Yeah. So next step, sort of we, we've gotten all, all this data on a particular customer through various ways. We are trying to understand that customer needs. Uh, now we can try to potentially even write preempt sort of fulfilling that customer needs. And I think you at some point made a, a comment of right as I'm driving up for a pickup, my maybe maybe a you know ad pops up on my on my uh, device saying, hey, do you want to add you know Hershey's to your order, things like that. Um, yeah. How can we um, you know sort of sometimes I as a customer know exactly what I want. Uh, it's you know Hershey's Kisses. Sometimes I just sort of know I'd like something sweet, but uh, actually I don't even know what all the products are out there that you are offering. Um, right, and so maybe kind of a new suggestion would be helpful. So you could sort of help me in finding and searching for the right option that would actually fulfill my need right now. Uh, what are some of the things that are sort of underway at Hershey, kind of to to balance these two things out? Right, one is you know, the exact uh, recommendation of the product that I really want, and the other one sort of you know helping the customer uh, sift through all the options that are there. Yeah, I think I think the key thing there is what you mentioned before is sometimes you don't know what you're really looking for. Mm -hmm. And the the beauty about the the candy mint and gum category and broader snacking is that, you know, it's it's um to a large degree, um there's the, the you know, the concept of impulse. Mm -hmm. and, that, yep. and that, you know, you can very quickly react to a message that you're you're getting. Um and that that message by the way might just be the physical pack being on a shelf, but it might also be some sort of digital interruption. And then you're gonna act on it. So the, the way to approach it is you need, you need to understand that if you're thinking about a physical touch point um, being in front of the shelf, how do you need to um, merchandise that shelf in a way where the person can find what they're looking for or the person can see what they don't even know they want mm -hmm. yeah. in a way that's compelling and then you get takeaway. Um, in digital, it's no less different. It's just the tactics start to change. So yeah. how do you ensure that um, when somebody is looking for chocolate, um, or maybe somebody has, 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 has put in a keyword around peanut butter and they get Reese. Mm -hmm. um, so, so knowing when those things um, contextually are relevant to yeah. the shopper is, is really kind of an art form. But the way you do it is you collect data from the multiple, uh, multiple data points that you have at your, your disposal. You take a look at it, and you can start to see some really interesting things. So, mm. for example, I can tell you um, by looking at our websites when most people are looking for um, information about Reese. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're buying it, but mm -hmm. they're thinking about it. Yeah. And uh -huh. it, it just so happens it, it's between certain hours on certain days. Yeah. Yeah. So why are they doing that? Well, they might be uh, getting ready to prepare their shopping list, or it might be something different. Uh -huh. um, and then there's other there's other cues too. You know, why are they coming to your site? And in large case, uh, large cases, for example, like Hershey's, because there's a big baking component of that business. Mm -hmm. We know that people are coming for recipes, so mm -hmm. allowing them to more easily find recipes, and then using the information that we can glean from their interactions with those recipes, helps us work with our retailers mm -hmm. or um, develop content that we can then uh, serve up. Um, using data around um, people that seem to um, look like the folks that actually were doing the recipe searching on site, um, and then serving them up in you know an ad that might say, "Hey, are you you know are you thinking about baking cookies?" 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and here's, here's a great recipe, right. or, or I can drive you to that great recipe. Yeah. So I don't know if that closes the loop on you a little bit, but mm-hmm. we can yeah. see behaviorally uh-huh. through, our, through our own websites, um, uh, you know, what's going on and, then, um, and how certain people react. And then we can use that data in reverse and then target yep. those folks and, uh-huh. and move them to the, to the appropriate touch points. Really interesting. Uh, in case you're just yeah. tuning in, uh, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nikolai Zikilko, and my guest is Doug Straten, the Chief Digital Commerce Officer at Hershey's. And we're talking about sort of connected strategies at, at Hershey's. Um, all right. So we understand what the customer wants. We've made some suggestions. The customer is ready to order. Uh, now comes kind of the... Uh, we call the the response part, right? So now we need to get that cu- product to the customer, or we need to get the customer to the product. <laughs> but somehow we have to match it up. And you yeah. very briefly mentioned earlier. Um, well, the traditional way is okay. We'll wait for the customer to show up somewhere, right? To pick up uh, to pick up the uh, the bag of chocolates. Uh, yeah. But all of a sudden we have now a much wider array, right? Of of ways of responding. Maybe you can talk us through a little bit uh, uh, through, yeah, through sure. these different ways. The, uh, well, the the first way to think about it is up until very recently, um, you know, within the last 15 years, really the only way you would get product um, or the, you know, a vast majority of the product was you would drive to a store, yep. um, you would grab a cart um, or some sort of bin, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you would do your shop, you would pick the products up off the shelf, very little interaction, you'd go to the checkout, and then you'd take them home. And um, the, the, the thing that is true now that was true then is that there's still a shelf, there's still a basket, and there's still a checkout. The difference is that um, those three things can all be completely done through your phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you say, you know, matching up um, the mission and the experience um, with the actual fulfillment of the product, um, the way we think about it is, um, there's really, you know, five kind of primary ways a company like Hershey can reach their uh, their their customers. So they or, or six rather. So the first would be that basket. Okay. So we don't just because we're working on a lot of interesting things from a digital perspective, and we can target people at certain times of the day with exactly the right product. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring obviously the the traditional world. And that's when I was talking about the shelf and the previous uh, my previous mm-hmm. uh, yeah. remarks. Sure. So. Um, so you still have that piece. You still have to pay attention. But then you also have what we call a ship-to-home model, which mm-hmm. is most people will understand that as kind of traditional Amazon. They order something, one or two items. It shows up in a brown box um, delivered by UPS or mm-hmm. somebody, some other courier. Yep. Then you have, um, and this is just relatively recent where the investments have really started to um, to scale up. Um, you have online grocery models. And in our case, you have delivery and you have pickup. Yeah. And and so certain people l- love delivery, and some certain people like pickup. So mm-hmm. Slightly different use cases. Yep. Um, somebody might be driving home from work, and they're going to grab their pickup order on the way home from work. There might be somebody that that, that actually um, does not have a daytime job, and they're going to want to get a delivery because it just makes their life a little bit more convenient. Right. Yep. So you have that element, and then you have what we call an on-demand element, which would be mm-hmm. like uh, convenience stores. Yeah. Um, or small format like drugstores. Um, where it's just a few items, but it gets delivered to you in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have what we would call direct-to-consumer, which yep. is the Hershey Company actually having unique value propositions that we don't have in broader retail, mm-hmm. um, nor does it compete with broader retail, yeah. but there's a specific reason for it. Right. Um, and those are all the kind of the different models that we have to play against. 
um, each, the, knowing the consumer, going back to that, that uh, part of our conversation, and understanding what mission they're on. Are they trying to – is it a family refill trip? Is mm-hmm. it a um, – yep. Is it an is it an impulse thing that so you know, the on demand model would work? What that what is the primary mission of that shopper, um, and how do you marry the right product assortment mm-hmm. and um, within the fulfillment model to to marry up to that to that mission? Um, is it something we spend a lot of time yeah. on because there's different economic ramifications um, to both retailers and ourselves for those different models? Uh-huh. And we have to we have to of course make sure that that yeah. is uh, positive for us as, as possible. Yeah. Hopefully that answers uh-huh. that. Answers yeah, no, question. absolutely. That was great. And maybe you can tell us a little bit more kind of your learnings that you have gotten from your direct-to-consumer business. Because sort of on one hand, there's sort of a uh, a business issue here, right? Kind of we don't want to necessarily compete directly with our retailers we rely on. Mm-hmm. At the same time, yeah. we want to build up this the direct relationship with our customers. Also, it's a source of information that we have directly rather than having to go through these retailers. Um, so how have you been balancing kind of that act of, of uh, going direct, not wanting to directly go against your retailers or your, your, your yeah. channel partners? It's not even an issue for us, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We've been doing some form of direct-to-consumer engagement for so long, even pre-digital. You have to think about we have the Hershey Experience yep. stores. We have Chocolate World here in Hershey. Mm-hmm. We're obviously attached to a number of other different properties. So um, retailers understand that we don't we don't abuse those relationships. If anything, yeah. we just learn more about our, our consumers, and that in some way, shape, or form is going to manifest itself in better performance. Um, in their retail environments, so we don't we don't we don't position it as something that we're we're using to compete against mm-hmm. uh, the retailers. Um, and if anything, they get a, a huge benefit out of it. Yeah. So from that standpoint, um, there's there's no issue. Now, from a learning standpoint, yeah, absolutely, there is the ability to test new propositions, uh-huh. possibly through um, D2C, small batches, get feedback on those batches, and then that in some way, shape, or form could inform our R&D and innovation strategies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there is that. And there's also the behavioral aspect of how do people interact with the brands online that we can then use to, to, to drive our broader data uh, database on consumers and then use those insights to, mm-hmm. um, to you know, to, to work through uh, targeting or experiences on our websites um, or just pure insight. Yeah. Let's come to that, that. You mentioned that point very briefly on the sort of the innovation, the R&D side, right? We've been talking a lot about sort of sales and marketing and kind of kind of getting closer to the customer. But you just kind of noted sort of this interesting potential feedback loop of as we are learning more about our customer, we may come up actually with new ideas, right? So if we're actually changing mm-hmm. our yeah. product portfolio and uh, we can use partly this uh, direct channel to test some of these things out. Do you have some examples for us to share on, on that sort of some some things that you learned on that innovation Yeah, side? I can't give you specifics, yeah. but I can I can tell you that um, we do have underway um, a couple projects where we're basically using um, social media and then our direct connections with consumers to actively engage directly um, and help co-create a brand. And it's a real, it's a real relevation, uh, or revelation rather, um, in terms of our product innovation team because it, it allows them to answer questions that in you know, pre-digital times or in traditional mm-hmm. CPG marketing times um, would have been very expensive to answer and yeah. not necessarily very accurate. So, um, so the team's having a, a fantastic time starting to interact in a more direct way, um, influence um, brand propositions, and then through digital, we can also very inexpensively 
um, test those propositions in a very real way, um, and then see, you know, as what the consumer is saying, uh, matching what they do when the product is actually offered for sale. Yeah. Then you can refine that. Um, you can actually test the same proposition, but say maybe in three different packages mm-hmm. or with three mm-hmm. different names. And mm-hmm. you can also test different ways to interact through uh, digital media or email, all sorts of different things that, you know, in the past would have been very expensive to kind of validate. Yeah. Uh, and we can do very quickly, very efficiently and very effectively uh, now that we're using more digital oriented yeah. techniques. Wow. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Uh, I guess the sign of a great conversation is we could go on for a long time. (laughs) Doug, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You're very welcome. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.